Welcome to the House Top Podcast, the teaching arm of Oikos Ministries. Jesus said, Whatever I tell you in the dark, speak in the light, and what you hear in the ear, preach on the housetops. Join our host, Terrell Abair, as he teaches God's Word. Well, good evening. Welcome to Facebook Live, uh, the broadcast of Oikos Ministry on social media uh, and all kind of other digital avenues. We we record on Facebook and then we uh, rebroadcast it through YouTube and we, we post it up to our web page at www.housechurchesusa.com. So you can check it out there and all kind of resources there. You can hear any of these audio and video teachings. You can also read our books there. You can find all kind of resources to help you start a house church right there in your own home. And uh, many, many, many other messages that could just edify and help you and bless your, your walk with our Lord. So as we just welcome you tonight as we teach on uh, a new series tonight, we're going to start a new topic called Strongholds. Uh, strongholds. And uh, we find that many people... Uh, we we see live defeated lives because of strongholds in their lives. They they, they never really break out of those things. So we're going to start. I want to read the uh, our text that we'll use over the next few weeks. It's called Second Corinthians chapter ten. We're going to read verses three through six there. And, and let me preface this: not everything I'm going to say in these teachings are, are originated with me. I, it wasn't my original thoughts on some of this stuff. Uh, I, I tapped some really good resources, one of them being Brother Jack Taylor, a fine old gospel preacher, revivalist, evangelist. My goodness, Brother Jack Taylor was a, a joy to be around and a great teacher and preacher. I got a lot of this from him. Uh, I remember basically when he when I heard him teach on this, I almost could remember this verbatim for years and years. I, I still can now because he was such a, a wonderful teacher and an anointed man of God. And so Brother Jack Taylor uh, contributed to the thinking on this thing. Also, uh, I got a lot of this from Brother Jim Clark. Uh, some of the things that we tap, we're going to tap on, in, in on uh, especially the, categorize, the categories of the demonic, if you will. And uh, we're, we're going to look deeply into that. And so uh, I just want to give credit where credit is due on, uh, on some of those. And, you know, so, certainly of. Uh, a lot of this is my own teaching and my own things that I've researched over the years. So yeah, as we get in, just uh, I wanted to just remind you that I'm not trying to plagiarize or uh, try to take credit for something that someone else studied out. But I want to thank those men uh, of God who have left their fingerprints in my heart. And so in Second in, in Corinthians chapter 10, verses three through six, it says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ and having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. This is a wonderful passage. And there's so many aspects that we have to cover and touch base on. I remember I taught on this at a church that I was employed at years ago. I was a youth pastor there, and I, I would teach their Wednesday night services there. We talked for months and months on this. It just kept going. And, and I'm certainly not going to do that here. But I, I'll tell you, there's a, a lot of things to deal with. And when we start dealing with that, we do not walk after the flesh. Though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. Now, I think many, many of us, if we don't understand that in the Christian life, we are engaged in a warfare. If you don't understand the warfare, if you don't even think you're in a warfare, and many don't, uh, then you're defeated already. I mean, my goodness, if you came to a fight and you weren't even prepared, didn't even know there was going to be one, chances are you're going to lose. And so when you get the idea that we walk in the flesh, but we do not war after the flesh. Now, you just talk about not necessarily walking in the flesh in the sense of carnality, in the sense of... Uh, of sinfulness or sin, or you know the the, the fallen nature, uh, but he said we walk in a physical body, all right. And though we walk in a physical body, but we cannot war 
the Christian warfare, the spiritual warfare. Uh, by the way, while I'm mentioning that, another one who has really contributed to my thinking on this, uh, uh, Brother William Gurnall, the old ancient Puritan writer, wrote a three-part series called uh, The Christian in the Complete Armor. Had a, a lot of thoughts from there years ago. I doubt if any of this will, you, you would even recognize it in, in its form that I teach in, but uh, Brother Gurnall certainly had a lot to do with my understanding on these things. So but when we look at that, though we walk in a physical body, we do not war in a physical sense that, you know, it's not time to go buy your AR-15 and, and get stock up on ammo and all this stuff. I mean, a lot. I mean, it's amazing how many churches and church folks want to do that. And it, it will not contribute one little bit to your Christian warfare. You're in a spiritual war. And a, a matter of fact, there's a lot of things that I believe doctrinally, theologically, I believe uh, by the word of God. And we see these kind of things like I believe in healing. I believe in divine healing. I believe in faith, healing, miracles, signs, wonder. I believe this stuff. But let me tell you something. Oftentimes we are thwarted. If we're in a warfare, listen, in warfare, it's not like we're playing dodgeball. It's not like we're playing uh, uh, tiddlywinks. We're not playing tag here. Warfare, people die in war. People are injured severely in war. And if you don't understand that, you're not going to understand the Christian pilgrimage. Literally, everything from hell wants to kill you. And you say, well, now we're protected now. Nothing can happen. Well, you're not really being rational. If there's no, if, if, if it can't be hurt, why is there even a warning? Why do we have these kind of instructions? The Christian warfare is very real. And I want to tell you, when we get engaged in the Christian warfare, you're going to find that you could get severely injured, maybe even lose your life in it. That's a reality. Now, I can hear some, some hyper-faith person out there just saying, oh, you don't have no, according to your faith, you don't have no faith. Well, I, I got faith. I believe me. I tell you what, I've got bobos too. I've been through this thing. And I'm 41, for almost 42 years of it. I'll tell you right now, I got wounds all over. You know, I got sheep bites all over. I got all kinds of stuff on me. I'm telling you right now, I've been hit from every direction in this thing. And so I'm telling you, you get in a warfare. So though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons, the tools, the, 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 the weapons of the warfare are not carnal. They are not Again, not physically, it's not AR-15, bows, arrows, mallets. It's not the, uh, you know, the, the, the military might. It's, they're not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Now, the objective now is we want to look at the idea of strongholds tonight and, and over the course of the weeks. But as we do, let's, let's begin to set up these issues because I believe there's such a lack of understanding. When I first came to Christ in the eighties, there was much teaching on spiritual warfare. You hardly hear any of that anymore. I mean, I don't hear a lot of my personal, I don't hear it, but, uh, I, I, I mean, spiritual warfare was a big topic. Now I don't think anybody even thinks you have to engage because all you have to do is say a prayer and then there's nothing you could do. God loves you so much. There's absolutely nothing could ever happen that would ever let you go to hell. So uh, we're up against that, which is a stronghold in not a good sense. It's a terrible thing. But uh, if we look at this, let's just break it down and begin to get in the nuts and bolts of what we're going to talk about tonight. So the fact is, number one, we are in a war, the weapons of our war. We walk in the flesh. We walk in a physical body. We cannot war after the flesh. It's not we're not punching people. We're not throwing physical ammunition. We are literally engaged in a spiritual war. And if we look at this, let's look at uh, Ephesians chapter six. We're going to start there. We'll start building on this case. In Ephesians 6 chapter, I mentioned the, the, the warfare. I remember first time I ever heard a message on this. It was just like, oh, that's a real thing? I had no idea. Chapter 6, verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Now, why would the apostle tell us to put on an armor, all right, to be able to stand against the trickery, the cunning, the, 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 the military craftsmanship of the devil? 
There's a warfare here. All right. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Isn't that what he said in 2 Corinthians? We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness, have your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, and above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you may be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints, and for me that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. Now, here we see the Apostle Paul preparing the Ephesian church and saying that they need to take the whole, the panoplia, the whole armor of God. And so basically, if we're going to, we walk in the flesh, we don't, we, we, we don't war after the flesh. For the weapon of our warfare are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Now, before I get all into the nuts and bolts of this, I want to show you a couple of passages where I believe it's going to make this very pertinent to us. If we would look at 1 John, 1 John, you can hold your place there in Ephesians, or if you're really good at Bible drill, just come on back to it. And if you got your sword sharpened, it ought to just flip right back to the same page when you get back over there. 1 John chapter 2. Very interesting passage right here. He says in verse... Uh, Let's see, in chapter uh, 2, verse, I think, 12 through 14. Where are we at? There we go. 12. I write unto you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. I write unto you, fathers, because you have known him that is from the beginning. I write unto you, young men, because you have overcome the wicked one. Look at that. I write unto you, little children, because you've known the Father. I have written unto you fathers because you have known him that is from the beginning. I have written unto you young men because you are strong and the word of God abides in you and you have overcome the wicked one. You see, I believe that most of Christianity today is stuck in perpetual infancy. That literally we stay at the little child stage of all we're enamored with is our sins are forgiven. And it seems like the whole clergy mentality is to keep you there. And that's fine. Just just try to make you get through life with your sins forgiven. Now, there's no ever the, 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 the demand or the or the forceful preaching to repent or to change your lifestyle. Just basically ask for forgiveness. You see, I believe most people never advance to the young man's stage. Now, in the natural, this would be totally unacceptable. In the natural, we would be weeping our eyes out if our children stayed in a crib all their life. As in the natural, something has gone very wrong whenever someone stays in the infant stage. And so when we move into the spiritual, though, we think nothing of it that a person who's been in Christianity 20, 30, 40 years, and all they know about is that pray and ask God to forgive you. Well, what else? Just all you need to make sure is you pray and ask God to forgive you. Wow. You're talking about simpleton. I mean, to the point of, uh, of fool. We're talking about the, the book of books. We have the word of God, the Bible, the book of books, and we have the dumbed downest generation ever. In the information age, we have been dumbed down in Christianity to the point almost biblically illiterate. And now, when we look at the young man's stage of Christianity, the supernatural, the, in the, in the supernatural, once you've come into the new birth, you should naturally, supernaturally progress to a young man's stage. And in that young man's stage, you will engage the, the wicked one. You just will. He's going to come at you. Now, as children, we have protection. We have fathers and 
We have, uh, we have the, the, the elders and, and, and all those who've gone before us are around us and they kind of t- absorb some of this and they, they protect us. But once this thing gets going and you begin to grow, it's going to hit you. You are going to engage the wicked one. Look what it says. He repeats himself. And so when he repeats himself, it's like he's saying it twice, which is a, a powerful witness. Listen to Israel. I've written unto you. First off, he's going to say in verse 13, I write unto you, young men, because you have overcome the wicked one. Now, he just left it right there. But then we move on to verse 14. He said, I've written unto you, young men, because you're strong. And the word of God abides in you and you've overcome the wicked one. Now we have some some insight into the tools, the weapons of our warfare and how he began to overcome or you become to overcome the wicked one with the word of God. And I believe it's not just knowing a bunch of Bible. The word is Jesus. The word made flesh. Jesus is the word of God. He is the truth of God. And when we know the word, the word of God, when the word abides in us, he literally lives in us. In order to get the word abiding, we ingest the words of God and we let this become part of us. The word of God literally indwells us and it's the living word of God. And the more we understand this and it's revealed to us, Jesus himself moves into us. The word becomes flesh in us and he abides in us and we overcome the wicked one. And I'm going to tell you when the the biblical illiteracy will absolutely keep us from this. And and let me tell you, if if somebody said, listen, Terrell, there's a whole army coming after you. Oh, wow. All my alarms would come. There's an army coming after you. What can I do? You need to prepare yourself. There's an army, a whole, the entire Christian army is coming after you. Wow. Now, all of them are toddlers. Really? What's at stake? What's the prize? (laughs) Really? I'm going to fight a million, a billion, a hundred million. I don't Great. It'll be wonderful. How many? You see, there's no fight involved with a child. You're just going to mow them down. There would be nothing. There's no struggle. There's no there's no little engagement. There's nothing. But when we deal with a young man, they're strong. And the word of God begins to indwell them. You see, if we've lacked the putting on, he said, put on the whole armor of God. If we've failed in this conquest, if we fail at this initial juncture, I mean, literally the children are raised up in the milk of the word. And as we grow, the word of God begins to dwell in us. If, if, If literally we're not beginning to eat the meat of God's word, and begin to strengthen ourselves. We don't eat milk forever. <coughs> we move on. We advance to meat. <coughs> and I can tell you this. If you're sincere in your faith and you begin to engage the wicked one, you're going to need all the help you can get. I believe so many people have been beaten right here. And they've been beaten back and literally... The, it, almost like in some of the cruel conquests of war, they just cut the tongue out. And then we had once bold young men, young women who were bold for Jesus now are silent, mute. They stop. They won't say they won't engage. They won't do a thing. You see a skirmish or two and you say, oh, I don't believe in confrontation. Christians don't war. And I would say this, too, in warfare, it gets awfully messy. It's not pretty. So I want you to keep this in mind. I want you to keep another verse in mind. Turn with me to John chapter 8, the gospel of John, not the epistle. John chapter 8. Spirit of God woke me up with this one a few weeks ago. And uh, I've been pondering it quite a while, sharing it with Diane a couple of times. And I want you to see this. I'm going to quote a part of the verse and I want you to finish it for me. He who the, if the, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. 
in wonderful unison, we're all wrong. It doesn't say that. It says, it does not say the truth will set you free. It says the truth shall make you free. And there is a big difference. There's a huge difference. Now, I know some of the modern translations say set. I'm pretty sure they are. I didn't go look, but I'm pretty sure they do. The point being is that when we consider the idea of the truth shall make you free, there's this freedom that's in Christ Jesus that will not allow you to be bound. You see, if you think in the English rendering set, if I set the bird free, oh, I set the little bird free. I allowed it to go free. Now it can go do what it wants. That's wonderful. I set him free. Okay. Now, if I make him free, it's almost a forced into freedom that you're going to be free. There ain't no question about it. And anything that would try to put you in bondage. No, it's not. Oh, I like it. The truth shall make you free. Now, I'm not talking about a a, a, a series and system of, of, of theology doctrines or anything. I am talking about the person of Jesus Christ. He said, I am the truth. And it's, so it's one thing to know the words of Christ, but it's one, it's a, quite another to know him. I mean, to be in a relationship with him. You shall know the truth. Who is the truth? The truth is a person. He is Jesus the Christ, the son of the living God. He shall make you free. In the civic sense, you're not a slave. In the ethical and moral sense, you are under no obligation to the Mosaic law. Come on. Oh, y'all ain't shouting out there because everybody wants to be Jews nowadays. I'm telling you right, no obligation to it. I am free from the sacrificial system. I am free from it. I am no part of the religion. Look, let's read this. I want you to see it carefully. Look at uh, John 8. He's engaged with these old Pharisees as usual. And uh, we're in verse 31. Then, Then said the Jews to those, then said Jesus to those Jews who believed on him, if you continue in my word. Now, how did the young men overcome the wicked one? The word of God abides in them. And they overcame the wicked one. Okay. If you continue, if, 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 if you continue in my word, you know what most folks don't do is continue in the word. If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples? Indeed. And you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. All right. They answered and said, we be Abraham's seed and were never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou you shall be made free? Jesus answered them, verily I say unto you, whoever commits sin is the servant of sin. And the servant abides not in the house forever, but the son abides forever. If the son therefore shall make you free. There it went. He made that transition from truth as a series of principles to truth as the son of God. He will, he shall make you free and you shall be free Indeed, I'm talking freedom. Now, is it a freedom that I can sin? No, here's the culprit. The devil wants to deceive you into falling into sin. He wants you to commit sin. Jesus said, I'm here to make you free from sin. Oh, no, we all sin. We just all sin. Man, stop that. That's part of the reason you're in bondage because you believe you're supposed to sin. Come on, the Son has made me free. Jesus is Savior. He came to save His people from their sins. He came to save you from sin, not just sin's penalty. As a matter of fact, let's get to the real salvation. He didn't save you just from sin's penalty. He saved you from sin's pleasure. He saved you from sin's power. Come on. And now the penalty. Oh, Death, where is your sting? Oh, grave, where's your victory? The sting of death is sin and the strength of sin is the law. But God made me free from the law. Did you read it in Romans 8? And the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead has made me free from the law of sin and death. Come on. It's almost like a creative issue. God made us. Now he is remaking us in Christ Jesus and he's making us free people who absolutely loathe bondage and chain. 
Come on, man. Boy, this is make you think different. Young men, I'm writing to you, young men, because you, you the word of God dwells in you and you overcome the wicked one. Overcomer, the, the Greek word, you know, it's N-I-K-E. Nike. Victory over the devil. Victory over sin. I'm no slave to sin. Would somebody shout? I mean to tell you, somebody out there needs to start hearing this. If the Son of God is trying to make you free, look, He's to take unto you the whole armor of God. Let me tell you, you ain't gonna find no armor until you get this Word of God dwelling inside of you. Come on. The victory over the devil isn't outward. I, I, that's why I'm, I'm really hesitant. Don't put on the externals. That comes later. The, see, the freedom comes inside and it works outward. Huh? Let me tell you something. They could take me into warfare buck naked. You say, what is buck naked? See, you can be naked with socks on. Buck naked is naked. You hear me? Buck naked is naked. Nothing on. But I don't want no friend. Look, tear this meat apart. Cut, cut me. Pull him apart. I don't want to be bound. There's something about it that when the sun makes you proud, I don't want to be. Nothing was going to control me. Come on, somebody. Some of you out there are controlled by vice, sin, drugs, alcohol, dipping, smoking, uh, some sexual sin or pervert. Look, the sun wants to free you. Man, the only time you're, 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 you're brought back into bondage is when the devil has deceived you and, and you succumb. I'm here to set you free. I want to bring you back into that liberty that's in Christ Jesus. Come on. Oh, hallelujah. Boy, I, I, wow, I like that. I had a moment right there. So let's go back to Ephesians. Let's go back over there. All right. I was hesitant to talk about putting on. I, look, covering ourselves outwardly. Yeah, it's very important. But look, it, the real freedom starts inside of you and the real victory is on the inside. You know, when King David was given Saul's armor, he said, I, I, I never used that before. I, 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 I don't know how to use that stuff. All I know is this. <laughs> I can put your eye out with this slingshot. You know, that's all I got. He took what he knew in warfare, but he wouldn't take an unproven armor and the fact is, if we're not putting in the word of God inside of us, you see the true freedom. It, it When you get a fighter, it don't make no difference about size. It don't make no difference about it. When a person has the fight inside of his heart, I'm telling you right now, he just got he just going to fight. Mm -hmm. Right. And if you don't understand you're in a warfare, then you're just going to lay down and get whooped. That your soul's at stake. If you continue in my word, then you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth and the son shall make you free. Come on. The truth is the son of God. He is that. I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the father but by me. And so when we know the truth, he will make us free. I like that word. You ought to just get that in your spirit deep down in there. All right, let's go back to Ephesians. We're on our way over there and I interrupted. Ephesians chapter 6, one more time. <clears throat> Finally, my brothers, be strong in the Lord, the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand against the wiles of the devil. Now, I want to. I want you to notice that he goes on to say that you may stand in the evil day. I want you to think about even the Lord's prayer right there. Deliver us from evil. Now that's a simple, simple prayer, and we seem to put it all off on God. But look, the Word of God puts it all back on us. I'm. So, I have something to do in this warfare. Now the bottom line is that I'm to be battle ready. I'm to be battle conditioned inwardly through the Word of God. And the, the real victories that happen on the inside of me, the real victory that happens inside in the heart 
in the mind, in the emotions, and in the decision-making, and in the physical body. These are the places where the victory is won. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Now, let me tell you something about strongholds. See, a stronghold is a fortified place. <clears throat> America was literally taken from the original inhabitants, the American, uh, the, the settlers of America won this country through a strategy, which the, 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 the Greek term for war is strat, is where we get the word strategy from. And so the strategy was called fortress warfare. The army would come through and beat back the hostiles in an area, build a fort, hold off the, uh, 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 the hostiles. The settlers would move in closer and near to the fort and the, 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 literally it forced out the inhabitants. They would move and do it to another place. And strategically, they moved to the best places, water wells, fertile lands, hunting grounds, places where food, all that was necessary. And they would take those areas, the inhabitants would have to leave. It, and this is exactly the warfare that you and I are engaged in. You and I are engaged in a fortress warfare. He said, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty to God to pulling down of strongholds. Stronghold is a fortress situation. Now, and it works both ways. And what you and I have to understand is that the devil wants to build strongholds in your life. And let me just say this. A stronghold literally means a place to possess. I can possess you from here. Well, Christian can't be possessed. We can argue that till Jesus comes back. But let me tell you something. If you're a man or woman of God and you got no control over certain issues, I'm telling you something else does then. You call that what you want. You might want to make yourself. Well, I have this illness. I have this this problem. We won't call it what it is. We don't want to say the word demon. If you say demons today, they think you're, you're off your chain. They think you're crazy. All right. As a matter of fact, you bring up demons in a psych ward, they immediately want to say, okay, this person's off their rocker. There ain't no such. You see, the whole world wants to tell you there's no such thing. All right. All right. So let's keep working at it. Now, he says, so, you see, if a stronghold is a place to possess, you see, there can be good strongholds in our life and there can be bad ones. This can happen and see the territory, see the war. What's that? What's at stake here is the battle for your own life. And you see, we can help. We can help fight. We can all help each other in the fight. But let me tell you something. There ain't nobody going to overcome the devil with you other than you. The battle is over you. And it's like the it's like God and the devil are fighting for you. You said, oh, that battle's finished. Oh, okay. Well, that's why are you in sin. Why are you doing what you're doing? Answer those questions honestly and quit just, you know, brushing over them with, with some broad brush of I'm forgiven. Forget that, man. You are in bondage to something. Why are you in slavery to this or to that? Why can't you control your thought? Why can't you control your action? Why can't you control your tongue? Why can't you behave? Why can't you do what the Bible says do? I mean, these are honest questions. Answer that. Answer that. Well, I'm forgiven. Man, you better not brush it off. You better look, you jump into a, a conclusion that ain't real. Let me tell you something, folks, when you when you engage in, in Christianity, when you come to Christ, everything from hell hates your guts instantly because God's wanting to restore the image of God in you. And let me tell you, once you begin to bear the image of Christ, everything from hell is attacking that and wants to mar it. So we're talking about strongholds. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not fleshly. 
You can fill your closet up with ammunition and get you every AR-15 you want to, some handguns, shotguns, I mean, long range, short range. You get what you want to and you cannot fight the devil with this stuff. The victory has to happen with the weapons of God. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God. Literally, they are the dynamite of God through the pulling down of strongholds. Now, of course, he's engaging you as an honest Christian. So he's saying, okay, we need to pull down the wicked strongholds. Uh, no, it, it's where? I mean, why am I worried about some stronghold in Washington, D.C. or somewhere? I, look, that's not my problem. My problem is, why can't I do what Jesus says do? If we don't worry about making our own life fully free indeed, make you free. Making ourselves liberated. Jesus came to set the captive free. That's one of his deliverances. He came to set us at liberty. Those who have been bruised by the shackles of, 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 of demonic stronghold. Now, a stronghold is a fortress. It's a fortified place and it can be in the mind, especially in the mind. It can be in the emotions of man. It can be in the reasoning faculties. Literally your decision maker, your will. And it can ultimately be in your physical body. All right. Now I'm going to get into that in depth probably next week. I won't go there tonight, but we're going to go deep in that. This is stuff I learned from Brother Clark. Uh, well, he compiled it. I, I mean, it's all through the scripture, but he compiled it. And I thought it was a pretty handy uh, tool to work with what we're dealing with now. So if we look at strongholds next week, we'll start with the origin of strongholds and then we're going to get right into this issue. Now, a stronghold in the negative sense is a fortified place where a strong man can dig in and do battle. He literally, you know, uh, I used to offer a man named Joe Wells. Old Joe was a great old guy. He loves Jesus today. I talked to Joe a while back when my father died. died. Joe's a he's a he's just a good old operator, but he was a Vietnam veteran. And he talked about when, when in, in Vietnam, when, when one Vietnamese sniper would burrow into a hill across from there where they were and literally hold him down for days. He had him a stronghold and they couldn't root him out. And literally he would just wreak havoc on the camp until they finally rooted him out and the camp was liberated. What one, just one soldier holding out a whole bunch of guys. Warriors all held at bay because you never knew when the next bullet would just come out of nowhere. And so this was stronghold. This was stronghold warfare. Uh, here, Joe, Joe was real country. He said them boogers would they'd burrow in. You just couldn't get them out. Now, I won't say everything Joe said, but he said you just couldn't get them out. <laughs> anyway, when we start looking at that idea that have you ever felt like something was waging war against you just can't stop it. At some point, we need to approach that and attack that. You see, this is why I believe it's so important. And, and literally, I believe that most of this should be done with the cross of Jesus Christ itself. And knowing the Son and the Son, the truth of God's Word. The Word was made flesh and literally He, he, he was given a body for the literally for the sacrifice be, being the perfect sacrifice for sin. And when Jesus Christ died on the cross, was buried and rose again, the perfect blood of Jesus has made atonement for you and I. And it's his blood. There's the freedom and the liberating thing. The blood of Jesus Christ literally takes away the sin. And so when we get in the new birth and the, the new nature, we, we, the old man dies and the new man begins to live. Now, I didn't take you there, but in Romans 8, it goes on to say that in Romans 6 through 8, it really get, tells this story in a wonderful way. It's the same principle as what Jesus said in John 8, that when the Son makes you free, you're free indeed, or truth makes you free, you're free indeed. In Romans 6, he said, uh, he who is dead to sin can sin no more. See, dead men don't sin. It's, he's freed from sin. 
A dead man can't sin. Dead men don't sin. I like that little rhyme. Dead men don't sin. You cannot offend them. Can't make them angry. You can't. They got no emotion about it. They got no thought life on it. They got. They're not that way. They're not. You can't tempt them. They're dead. But when we're risen with Christ, we're dead to we're dead to the law so that we're free now to marry another. And the law kept us in bondage. The rules, the regulations of life kept us in bondage. And then the sun set us free and we break out the chains. And when we're liberated creatures, not we're liberated to go back into sin. We're liberated. We're free from sin. Oh, hallelujah. It feels good to not be in sin. There's no sweeter thing. I read a thing from Tommy Alderman. No, no greater, what do I think he called it, opiate or something like that, than a clean conscience. Come on, I like that. What a sleep aid. Praise him. And so when we get clean from sin, we're free. Our hearts are free. I love what the old song Charles Wesley wrote, Long my imprisoned spirit lay, fast bound in sins and nature's night. Thine eye diffused a quickening ray. I awoke in my dungeon filled with light. My chains fell off. My heart was free. I arose, went forth, and followed thee. Come on. Woo! <laughs> we ought to have a Methodist camp meeting right here. Not new method, the old kind. Glory be to God. Some Wesley kind of meeting. Hallelujah. All right. So let's get back to Ephesians. I've been trying to get over there. Verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor, the panoplia, all of it. Get dressed for warfare. The whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles, the craftiness, the trickery, the deceiving act. I mean, the modus operandi of Satan. Literally, his number one thing is deception. The devil has to deceive. Now, if we know truth, this is the beauty. If we know truth, all right, it just, it's like, it's, it's folly. It's like when he tries to deceive, man, that's dumb. It, it just, it just falls off. It, but, but once you get deceived thereby, uh, you know, and there's, you know, when we get fooled, you know, that's what happens when you get deceived. You're fooled. And there's two types of fools. It's like, I didn't know. And they fooled me. They tricked me. But worse is, I know, but I don't want, I, I, I'm tricked, but I don't want to know the truth. I don't want to be set free. There's a different type of, of foolishness that says, I don't want to be set free. There are folks who just literally will refuse freedom. I'm telling you right now. There are people who absolutely love their bondage. I ain't one of them. I want freedom. All right, stay with me. Put on the whole, whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, cosmocrators, demonic rulers. OK. And spirit, wicked spirits in high places or, or spiritual wickedness or wicked spirits in high places. And so we see these realms of the demonic that are there. They're very much alive and kicking. And every one of them is geared for deception. And I think as you see the four categories, principalities, powers, mights, uh, or, uh, you know, d dominions uh, uh, and then, you know, uh, rulers of the darkness of this world and then spiritual wickedness. When we see this breakdown, the, the big headings, <clears throat> the generals of these warfare principalities, these archaic ruling uh, spirits, and then we see the almost like a military arrangement and assignment that literally goes out and one thought in mind, let's deceive people. This is why it's so important to get the dust off your Bible, open the book, and pour yourself into the literally get this word of God living inside of you. Get the word of God living inside of you. Start listening to the word of God. Hear the word of God. Meditate on the word of God. Speak the word of God. Hear it. Hear it. Hear it. 
until it saturates your system. All of a sudden, your eyes will start opening. You'll start seeing truth. The way to find a counterfeit is not to study the counterfeits, but literally to start studying the truth. When you're studying the truth, the counterfeit, you just see it and go, I don't want my sheep hear my voice and they know me. (laughs) They know and I know them. See, there's this there's this intimacy in knowledge that we've we've developed the hearing ear because we know his voice and a stranger. They will not follow. Everybody said the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy. That's the devil. No, it ain't the devil. That is the false prophets. That's what he's talking about there. He's talking about false prophets, not the devil himself. He's talking about false prophets. My sheep hear my voice and they they won't follow a stranger. The thief comes to steal, kill and destroy. He ain't talking about the devil. He's talking about literally false prophets, religious devils in a pulpit, wearing a nice suit, wearing a a fish hat. I'm telling you, these are the ones that fool people. Put on the whole armor of God. Now, who does that? He's, he's telling, put it on. You do this. That you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil, for we wrestle not. Look at that. Wrestling is a contest. We engage in a match here. And there is literally a contest between who will overcome in this battle. If we begin to wrestle, let me, there is no more terrible feeling when you're engaged in a fight and you get pinned. It's a ruthless thing. It's a frightening thing. If you've never had this done, it's a terrible thing. When you get into that situation and if you've ever been and you say, I'm going to get better because I never want to get pinned. Or else we just quit fighting because we don't get you. Then you're pinned already. And the fact is, when we engage in this warfare, we wrestle not with flesh and blood, but against principality. If you say the simplest prayer, you have engaged. You call out on the name of Jesus, you have engaged. You tell one person that Jesus is your Savior, you have engaged. As a matter of fact, you know what it says? When you tell people about Jesus, it makes you a martyr. You know what a martyr is? A witness. A witness is a martyr. What's a martyr? Somebody who's been to get killed for Jesus. When I read the Psalms, how are they increased that trouble me? Many are they that rise up against me. Many that say of my soul, there is no help for him in God. But thou, O Lord, are a shield for me, the glory and the lifter of my head. I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people who set themselves against me round about. When when we look at the idea, I believe that the the spiritual warfare feels like everything from hell has been released right at you. And you're outnumbered like a gazillion to one. You feel so overwhelmed. You have to look past this. The weapons of our warfare are not going to walk by sight. They're going to walk by faith. We're going to see through it and like... Like Elisha's servant. Oh, look, there's more for Lord, open their eyes so they can see that there's more for us than are against us. Everything from heaven will fight for you in this war. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principality, power, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. You will encounter the demonic as a Christian. You will. And so when you do encounter the demonic, you get into what's called spiritual warfare. And it is volatile. Basically, it can go either way. You say, oh no, victory's ours. We've already won. We Did you say, did you hear what it said? If you continue in my word, you're my disciple. Can I tell you how many people get into the battle and leave the word immediately? Run to something else, run to fear, run to, oh my goodness. The battle's raging, folks. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor, panoplia, every tool that God has in the box. 
whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Now, I don't believe we should look to some futuristic issue of fighting in a futuristic sense. Sufficient as today is the evil thereof. I believe that we are in presently engaged in something that wants to knock you off the game. And if we look at the simplicity, it's not the major thing. It ain't like the four horsemen are being released on you every day or, or the beast and the false prophet are coming at you every day. It's the little things. I mean, you're not engaged at that level yet. I'm telling you, it's the little, it's wicked spirits in high places. Wicked spirits that attack you. And it don't take much. My goodness, I, most of us don't even need help from the devil. Most people need most people need to be cast out of devils. <laughs> yeah, let me run to Mardi Gras. No, wait, wait. Let me cast you out of the devil. I don't know what's wrong with our children. They're they're all in they're all in pornography. I don't understand. Well, get them out of Spanish Town. Don't dress like a, a like the devil. I don't know what's wrong. Well, why'd you go trick or treating? Why do you pray to dead people? I don't understand what's going on wrong. I, well, why are you praying to Aunt Lulu? Is she ain't gonna help you? They did. Now everything from hell's trying to kill you and you praying to dead people. I see dead people. Come on, man. You see, when we get into this issue, folks, if we if we'll understand that it doesn't take much, it don't take this big old huge fanfare. Well, all it takes is a little bit to distract you. I want to read my Bible today. Oh. I need, I need to get this whole armor of God on. Stand there for... Oh, wait. Oh, but look at the Facebook. Oh, we don't take... And we're onward Christians. So what? Soldiers? The, uh, the, the whole army was defeated because you got a notification? Yeah, I can't wait to. I got your six, bro. Uh, no, please don't. I got it. I'll take care of it myself. No. Can you imagine how flimsy the army of God is right now? If that's the case. We call this a, the weapons of our warfare. It's, you know, it's simple as this. If you really believe that the things that I'm talking about could literally derail you. See, this is the problem. Most people don't even believe this. They don't believe they could be derailed. So you're derailed already. You don't believe you could die in the battle. You're defeated. You're dead already. They, they wouldn't even bother with you. Think about this, because one of the things that look at this, he said, stand therefore having your loins girt about with truth. I'm telling you about the, the loins of the truth, man. The word of God covering the, the really the most uh, vulnerable parts of your, 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 your physical body. The loins girt with truth. The truth is the person of Jesus Christ. The truth is the word of God. Have your loins girt about with truth. Look, and, and, and having on the breastplate of righteousness. If we understood the righteousness of Christ that literally covers the vital part, the, the heart, the lung area, the righteousness, He is my righteousness. He is the righteousness of God revealed. I have none of my own. I put on the righteousness of Christ and he covers my heart, my breath, my lungs, the vitality of my life. I put on the breastplate of righteousness. Look at it. Your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Most people are literally not carrying the gospel of peace. 
Again, we're defeated already. You see, we're in a reactionary mode at all times as Christians. We just react to whatever's going on. See, the gospel of peace, when we have our feet shot, it means I am on marching orders. I am ready to move with this. I am walking. Oh, how beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of those who bring good tidings of great joy. When we bring the good news of Christ, when we carry the word of God, you see, we, be, we begin to move on the offensive. I love to engage first. Huh? I won a many a street battle by hitting first. They were still talking when I got through it fighting. Well, they quit talking because I did win. Oh, you want to? They, they was trying to tell me how you are, you are, and I was already fighting. They were just trying to tell me what else I was. I was the victor. It's what I was. They was whooped because they just wanted to talk about it. And the fact is, when we engage with the gospel, it knocks them off balance. When we start with the gospel and bring it first, they don't know what to do with that. Everything, it, it changes the narrative in the room. And especially if you're good at it, especially if you've literally learned to communicate and you're not awkward and you just literally are skillful at throwing the arrow. How beautiful. I am carrying the gospel. I'm standing on the gospel. The death, the burial, the resurrection, the good news of the gospel of the kingdom of God. Repent for the kingdom at hand. Come on. Above all, taking the shield of faith. That word shield, it's the same word for door. It's like a big one. Carry it. With faith, I'm telling you, I just believe God that I'm going to win when I engage the devil. I believe whatever he throws at me, I'm going to catch it right there on the faith. I believe, but it's an engagement, folks. It ain't just some happenstance. He said, take this armor of God. Take it up. Put on the shield. Forget a big one, man. I don't want them little ones. I want a big one. Just, just stand behind it. It's like a door. Literally, it's the same word for door. The shield of faith. Wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. If you've been stabbed with the darts of the wicked, let me tell you, when them fiery darts of uh, uh, keep hitting you, it's because you've got no faith. You're not standing behind faith. Don't try to engage this with logic and with reason and with, man, you're not in a carnal battle. It's spiritual warfare. Take the helmet of salvation. You best know you're saved. You better cover your head, your brain, everything with the knowledge that I know I'm fully persuaded in my mind that I am saved from the wicked one. And the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. I want you to know who's supposed to swing the sword. If you don't have the Holy Ghost throwing the word, see, just quoting a bunch of Bible doesn't do much. But boy, when the sword is in the spirit's hand, it is two edged going and coming. That thing cuts ahead of the blade. The shadow cuts you. This thing is mighty. And when we begin to wield the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, we go on the offensive with the word. Yeah, we've got defensive weaponry, but we on the offensive by bringing the gospel of peace and and swinging the sword of the spirit. Folks, this is this is a terror to the demonic. Praying always with all prayer and supplication. Jesus left his disciples over there praying. <laughs> they was asleep in no time. He could only go a stone's throw away because he had to throw rocks at him. Wake up. Boy, boy, wake up. Folk can't stay in prayer. He said, rise up and pray lest you enter into temptation. What do he say now? The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. At some point, we discipline our body to pray. To engage in prayer and stay there. To physically remain focused in it. Oh, but notifications. We engage with the word of the Lord. 
We engage and praying for me, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, in the spirit. You see, pray in tongues. That's not just praying in the understanding. That's praying in the Holy Ghost. Pray with the spirit, pray with the understanding, but pray. And watching there too with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. You see, we've lost the ability to watch and pray. We're so undisciplined in the flesh, we can't pray. The spirit willing. Oh, everybody said we want to pray. I'm going to pray. We're going to look. I'm going to post some praying hands on Facebook and we prayed for you. That's not prayers, folks. That's emojis. There's a difference between it. And so when we look at this issue, put take under you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. We're not wrestling flesh and blood, but we're wrestling against principality, against powers and mights and dominions. We're wrestling against spiritual wickedness in high places. The, the rulers of the darkness of this world. Every one of these things are trying to deceive you. We are, an infra- we are literally living in a flood of lies right now. And if there's ever a time it's that we need to get back to our Bibles and, and take so much of the Word of God in us that we, we're, we're literally living on the overflow of God's Word going in here. That it changes our whole way of thought and thinking and talk. Now, let's go back to our, our text just for a moment. I, I might go over just a couple of minutes, but... I don't, I didn't want to belabor Ephesians. I, I won't do that tonight. Maybe another night we'll talk some more about it. But in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, back to our text. For though we walk in the flesh, we walk in flesh and blood. We are a physical body. We do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare, we are in a warfare. Tell yourself that. I am in a warfare. Wake up. You wonder what's going on? You wonder why this is happening or that. You're in a war. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not flesh and blood, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. You need to understand this is being said in the negative sense. I'm going to contrast those later, but for right now, He is talking about stronghold in the negative sense that this is a bad thing, that strongholds exist in people. And if the devil can find a stronghold in your physical being, then he can possess a part of you and mess you up. And if he can do it again and again and again, he'll literally take you down. That can happen. This is a real thing. You could literally be dismantled with fortress warfare little by little, because if you give in and just allow it and you compromise and make peace with the devil on a certain place. And he's rooted in then he wages war and he'll beat you down in another area until you give in and somewhere else. And after a while, you toast, you're done. You're totally in bondage. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. And I want to make a specific point here that the 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 vain imagination that the imaginations of the thoughts of the heart were only evil continually. Genesis six. Go look at it. And he says that literally if we're, we're going to cast down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And literally there are things and reasons mind. There's there's things in our thinking that are stronghold thinkings that literally go against the reasonings of God. And if you don't recognize this in your own life, you will undo your you will literally oppose yourself. It's like hit the devil, hit yourself. You're opposing yourself. Think about it. 
We undo our own selves with wrong thought. And so casting down the weapon and the employment of the weapons of God that pulled down mighty, the dynamite of God that pulled down these strongholds. And literally the pulling down, literally the full destruction, literally the utter obliteration of this throne where it can't exist. There's nothing could use that ever again. It don't worry. It did the demolition of the stronghold until it's unusable by the wicked one to set us off or, or to knock us off the, the battle. You have to understand fortress warfare. We are in a war. We're in a spiritual warfare. And I'm telling you, everyone has strongholds. We have them. They're holdovers from the old life in most cases. And if we're not doing everything we can as a little child to receive the milk of God's word, then as a young man to overcome, as we engage the wicked one to literally overcome, then we're going to be defeated. You'll never make it to the old man stage. No wonder so few people ever bear fruit for God because fathers reproduce. And if you've been killed as a young man or a child, you'll never reproduce. Just have what happens. So we can understand a lot of the, the problems that we're into right now. If we can understand it, I encourage you. Now, this is just the beginning. I, I can't even believe I just this is like an introductory talk here. It's 705. I've been talking for a, a little over an hour. I, I didn't even realize. Yeah, I, I, I didn't get to anything tonight. So. Maybe come back next week. And we'll engage. We'll do something else. There's a lot here. And uh, I think it is profitable. This ain't a self-help program. <laughs> this is like, I'm going to, I'm going to kick booty type program. I'm fitting to whoop the devil in my life. Huh? I'm fitting to get victory in my life. Huh? You have come into boot camp with old terrible toe T-Row Terrell A. Bear. We're going to kick something. We're going to shake it loose. Stay with it. We're going to try to fight something. We're going to try to overcome the wicked one in your life. Help us now. In Jesus' name. See you next week. Bye. We are so thankful that you joined us for this teaching today. It's our sincere prayer that many of you would be born again through hearing God's Word. If you were blessed by this podcast, we would love to hear from you. For more information on Oikos Ministries, visit us on our website, www dot housechurchesusa.com